With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Variety, I'm Michael Schneider. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend co-creator Aline Brosh McKenna's favorite TV episodes tend to be pilots, and she singles out one in particular, The Americans, for how it utilized its star. I am a huge Carrie Russell fan from way back in the day. She's another person who I'd sort of followed and loved. Yeah. And um, I love everybody in that show, but I'm, like, blown away by what she did with that performance, possibly playing one of the most unlikable person who does the most unlikable things. Also, she's not really a very good mother, ultimately. Um (laughs) Although she yeah. is, but she's not, and she's certainly overtly not, and she doesn't conform to sort of our stereotypes about a mother or our expectations. Yeah. Um, Fantastic travel agent, though. Yeah. Uh, they don't seem to be <laughs> I, very good, no, huh? No, they, that's why they have a staff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was initially, and the relationship between the two of them, and I don't think I had seen Matthew Reese in anything, and um, so the relationship between the two of them, I love things that are crypto stories about marriages ozark is another one yeah you know where it's sort of a genre piece but it really is a portrait of a marriage and i think you know ozark for me was sort of an ibsen like kind of exploration of like the deadness and enemy of a long-term marriage and how they actually this brings them back to life um yeah and i loved i love things that tell sort of more mundane stories in genre because I think that heightens it and allows us to, you know, Shakespeare did that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and Breaking Bad, uh, obviously, yes. one as well. So Breaking Bad is something that we talk about frequently um, in terms of the storytelling, but also in terms of it's ultimately really a love story between a young person and an old person, uh, <clears throat> older person. And the fact that Walter goes to great lengths sometimes at his own peril to protect Jesse, um, then doesn't, but many times does, and ultimately loses his life doing that. Um, I... That was always the favorite part of that show for me, was the relationship between them. Yeah. And that's... In the pilot, you just... You know, they... I don't... You know, they are more heightened than the characters we're talking about in Americans and Girls, and they just sprang to life so fully formed in that pilot where you could kind of see down that highway um, a little bit, but not too much so that you were ahead of the show, but just see down the highway where they were going and kind of these two worlds colliding. Um, but I'm not a person who rewatches stuff very often, actually. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's something that I went back to and rewatched a couple times, and I don't, I tend to like, we have in our house, we have rewatched. In my family, we have two rewatchers and two non-rewatchers, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting. I'm also not a rereader of books. Um, there was a few movies that I've seen numerous, numerous times, and I can't always explain. Like I've seen Tootsie, uh, I mean, probably fifty times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that just because it was like constantly on HBO or something? And you just no, kept catching no, it no, or? no. Oh, but way before cable television. Yeah. I mean, I saw that movie out. I had a DVD. I had a VCR copy of that movie. Um, my son got me the Criterion collection. I think it's Criterion. Um, 
and there's a few. Four Weddings is another one. Um, I don't know if you know the movie Irreconcilable Differences. Yeah. Criminally Overlooked. Yeah. Um, seen that numerous times, and I always think it's interesting when you find something where if it's on, you'll watch all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been considering starting a Breaking Bad rewatch because I think my sons would like it, and now they're teenagers, and I think they could deal with it yeah yeah and it's 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 uh it'll be interesting to see what it's like to binge it all the way through right. as opposed to like sort of don't let it out once a week which right is, right right of course the big question of our age right well i binged we binged americans and then caught up to it for the last two or three seasons but we did we binged it first so i'm michael schneider and on this edition of the podcast we talked to crazy ex-girlfriend co-creator aline brosh mckenna about the final season of her cw show and how rachel bloom made it okay to like rebecca bunch even at her worst we also talk about her favorite episode of crazy ex-girlfriend and her favorite episode of tv of all time the pilot to the americans it's another edition of my favorite episode My Aline Brosh McKenna has always been a fan of the television pilot. You know, first episodes are tricky as they have to introduce characters and plot while servicing enough of a story to hook in network executives first to pick up the series and then audiences to come along for the ride. That's why when a pilot is really good, it sets the tone for the entire series. When IndieWire asked the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend co-creator to select her favorite episode of TV of all time, she had a hard time picking just one before finally settling on the pilot to FX's The Americans. Uh, so, so we've been asking people yes. their favorite episode of yes. TV of all time, and uh, so this was really hard. It, it's a hard question. Okay. And yeah. So are we I, going? Are we, I, yes. I gave you some time yes. for it. So, okay. so you did choose the pilot of the Americans. I did. Can I tell you what I was torn between? Yeah. Okay. I was torn between the pilot of the Americans, the pilot of Breaking Bad, and the pilot of Girls. So all pilots. Yes, I am really interested in. Um, as a writer, I'm really interested in how you lay out your story and how how little you can use to do that, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I really think that like ex- exposition is something that sort of as a pro, like if I was examining a table and I was a carpenter, I think there's probably a few things that I would look for first to feel like, is this a well-made table? Yeah. And in terms of storytelling getting things across with just a minimum of dialogue, explanation, and those are all, all of those um, pilots are ones where you're revealing not just the character, but the story beats in these very kind of subtle ways. Yeah. Um, And you're not spelling out. So you're a little bit behind in a way that you want that sort of inevitability surprising the balance of those two things. And I think with all of those, you know, if you think of the journey that you go on in, in Breaking Bad to when you meet him and where he is at the end, yeah. um, sort of in his underwear in the desert, um, you know, there's there's taking those giant shifts, but having you be there the whole way. And I think a lot of the signature moments of the series tend to have happen in a pilot. As someone who's made pilots, I always look for something that is sort of the signature moment. Yeah. So like in Girls, the line where she says, you know, I think I'm a a voice of 
my generation, or at least a generation. Right, and right. that's sort of a signature piece. Um, so in all of those, I felt like, to me, the genius of the American pilot is that it upends your expectations um, gender-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, you would, most people's first thought would be to make that so that he's the kick-ass one and she is the more reflective one. And I think that what's incredible to me about that show always is that she's made of steel yeah. and he's made of um, mushy stuff. And and I think that, that that episode, to me, that first season, which is very much about their marriage, was very compelling to see how they took sort of marital issues and then embedded them inside of yeah. the thriller genre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. From the very first episode, too. Yeah. I mean, I think one one of the, the, the scenes that I remember the most is when she's at the, the, the counter washing dishes and, yes. and he comes in and he had already sort of started to be squishy with her. Why don't we take this deal? You know, millions of dollars. Let's just turn ourselves into the feds right. and let's, let's enjoy our lives now. I'm right. done with the KGB. And she's like... But I'm a KGB agent, right? And then so there, there's that moment where he comes over to kiss her on the neck, and she turns around with the knife in her hand, right? And and sort of right there, the power dynamic—it's it's fascinating. Well, also, it's really that is her the essence of who she is, which is her devotion to this single idea. And I think he is incapable of doing that. Look, maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe this is the perfect time for us just to think about. Living the life we've been living, but just really living it. Just being us. What are you talking about? I'm saying we might be blown. And I'm saying if they are watching us, we can't kill Timoshev. I'm also saying we are Philip and Elizabeth Jennings. We have been for a very long time. So why don't we get ahead of this? And why don't we make the first move and offer ourselves to them? We could get a lot of money, three million for Timoshev, three million for us. We just get relocated, take the good life, and be happy. Are you joking? Is this a joke? No. You want to betray our country? Well, after everything we've done, I don't think it's such a betrayal. Defecting to America? America's not so bad. We've been here a long time. What's what's so bad about it? You know. What would you tell them, Philip? The truth. Um, and sort of the push pull of that episode, and that that first season, which is that he likes the life. He's you know he's he has been corrupted by in exactly the same way that she was afraid that he would be corrupted. Yeah. But also the fact that they don't they don't have a real relationship or they don't have a quote unquote real relationship. I think in some ways is a brilliant metaphor for marriage because. You know, no matter what we say or do in our courtship, you are sort of stable together with a stranger. Um, so it's yeah, I, I I definitely am attracted to a well-made pilot because it's also the on-ramp. And I and I know also in our show that the pilot is something that we went back to frequently to say this is where we sort of set the language of the show. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because as you're going into the final season, there's there's a lot of the, you know, the retrospective start and, and people start to go back and yeah. they look at the origins and you see a lot of these yeah. clip reels, which actually we're here at the TCA yeah, Press Tour. Yeah, ours, ours, the one they showed today I thought was quite brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's always kind of cool to go back to the beginning, to that first episode and, and set things up. And, uh, you know, I, I went back and rewatched the Americans pilot uh, since I know we were talking about it. And to now see how perfectly it still aligns with where the show went right. 
I mean, you had Clark and Martha in the first episode. Right. And to think about what a slow burn that storyline was. Right. And it paid off seasons later, yes. which is kind of what the whole, uh, you know, the, the whole Russian infiltration of America is, that right. slow burn. And, and, you know, in the sense of a show teaching you how to watch it, the idea that it's a wig show. And that you're going to have to get used to the wigging and that yeah, yeah, right they're going to the be start. fully, yeah, and right from the start, that's in the pilot. And also that they do, it's a period show where the period details do not overwhelm you, um, where, you know, I think it's really interesting when you look at sort of Glow and the Americans, which are set, I think the Americans is a little bit later, but they, the Glow really glories in how ridiculous the outfits were and i'm always saying to my kids yeah we actually wore that stuff yeah um but americans tones down their their wardrobe so that it seems like it it has a more timeless quality and i think that's actually one of the things that made it seem so scarily relevant is that you didn't have the sense of even though it took place then you didn't have the sense that there was sort of like an other happening yeah, yeah. And in some ways you watch it and, and they could have shot it at the time. You know, most 80s shows now, of course, play up, you know, pastels and Miami Vice exactly. and, and, and all and that. And then we weren't living in a world where, you know, the trees were uh, pastel colors. Right. And so they, in terms of setting a tone, but really for me, it's about um, the fact that the storytelling exposition is so simple. And there were so many times in that pilot where I felt like there could have been a line and they didn't have any dialogue and they just let you understand by what the character, how the characters were behaving, what you were supposed to understand about them. And obviously it helps to have brilliant actors. So, yeah, yeah, no, just, it's overall like it's, it's, and, and uh, it also helps, I assume to have sort of a, just a hook, like a, like a nice hook. Yes. And, and, you know, that's something that you guys had as well, right? right? Sort of like an easy elevator pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of what's the question we're looking to answer. And I think one of the sort of magic tricks of a series is what is the question that you can answer over the course of, you know, in our case, it'll be 62 episodes and Americans, I don't know how many they did, but about, probably about the same amount, you know, to extend a narrative question over that long a time. And the pilot of Americans really sets up the idea that is she ever going to bend? Is she ever going to get comfortable? Is she ever going to, you know, buy a Jane Fonda workout video and sort of get corrupted? Um, and is he going to stay by her side? Will it become a real marriage? Are they in love? How much of it is cynical? How much of it is for the job? All those questions are in the pilot and similarly in girls you know I feel like the idea of how these sort of very privileged in certain ways people are figuring out to me it was the first millennials show in many ways and that question of I want to be a voice of a generation and a group of people who want to be something and stand out in some way Um, and I always saw it that I was always very aware that that Lena and Jenny were sort of spoofing them. And I think sometimes that wasn't clear to people. Right. You know, they thought it was sort of more like it had a more um, kind of uh, a dead on approach. But to me, it was always clear that they thought that that there was a satirical edge to it. And that was clear to me from the pilot because her saying something like that to her parents, obviously she's a little ridiculous as one is when they're young. And a show like that, I think balance balances a great, you know, being young has changed tremendously and not at all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and uh, you know that that kind of character you sort of explored, uh, you know, somewhat with Re- Rebecca in in yeah. Crazy X, obviously. Yeah. And you know what's interesting too is thinking about how you know Lena started to be seen as her character. People started yeah. to confuse the two. Yeah, she's not Hannah. Right. Exactly. Right. And uh, you know, I I, I assume. Uh, uh, Rachel gets that a lot too. We like, have that a little bit. I mean, Rebecca is really pushed, and the tone mm-hmm. of our show is more pushed. Yeah. Um, and it's clear right from the beginning. I mean, what what I think is amazing about Rachel is, you know, when I first saw her, I kind of I was so drawn in by how likable she was. Um, I also find Lena very likable, so that's not a not a comparison, but. Yeah. Um, with with Rachel, we have found that she's able to pull off sort of heinous things and still be lovable. Yeah. Um, and that has really allowed us a lot of creative leeway where I think, you know, there's a way in which a camera gets inside the soul of a person. And Rachel is this sort of joyful, sunny person. Right. And um, so, you know, that that is a a little bit of a secret weapon for us in terms of being able to go real dark or have her make terrible choices knowing that it's Rachel who's doing it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Rachel and the music, obviously. And helps the music, as well. yeah. I mean, when we tested it, it was kind of amazing how quickly people understood the show. I was really amazed by that. They yeah. understood exactly what she was doing. Everybody had a story to tell about a stupid decision they had made for a boyfriend or a love relationship. Um, and so it's really been interesting to me that. Uh, the audience does not experience her in an othery sort of way. They experience her as like their friend. And um, again, that has just been like a wonderful tool for us. And and as you, one of the great joys for me of doing television, which is a little different from doing movies, is that um, you, sorry, I'm picking my notes, <laughs> um, is that you have an opportunity to see how the actor and the character interact. And so that gives you an opportunity to sort of write two people. And I can give you an example for every character of how it sort of crept towards the person and how we try and put a governor on that and how we try and maintain those boundaries. But there's an inevitable melding. And I love that because for me, every Cary Grant movie is about being Cary Grant. Every Julia Roberts movie is about being Julia Roberts. And I love that about, it's one of the things that makes it different from novels or nonfiction or is that you have this person who's sort of mitigating your, your fictional experience with whom you have a relationship with. You know, I saw Reese Witherspoon in Man on the Moon when she was 14 or 15 or whatever she was. I think I've seen almost every Reese movie since then. So I have a sense of who I think she is as a person. The audience does. And that, interacts with the actual person and that is actually one of the joys of writing for actors yeah yeah i was gonna say to some degree there, there's always you know obviously there, there's a line between the actor and the, the the character but sometimes especially when tv shows go on for yes. many years that line really yes. gets blurred yes we we i mean we keep the line and and rebecca bunch is a blend of rachel and i so for instance she's a big snob and rachel is not that's more my department and so (laughs) we have incessant um jokes about you know uh ivy league colleges and grammar and all that Uh so that is not rachel at all yeah yeah although rachel hates grammar mistakes well as as she should as (laughs) as as everyone should she particularly hates (laughs) an apostrophe error yeah yeah yeah. oh you know it's not just that, IT, but pluralizing things yeah. with an apostrophe. Oh, that's the, yeah. the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Signs Cats. everywhere. Yeah. Do you find that uh, because so many people watch Crazy X on Netflix yeah. that uh, there, there's a lot of bingers out there? And, and do they come to you and do they have sort of a different take on the show? Some by, people by... think it's a Netflix show. 
<laughs> Poor CW. Um, <laughs> Don't tell him that. People are conf- a little bit confused about yeah. that. I think, you know, we 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 were branding the network as opposed to being branded by the network and mm-hmm. that's that was been interesting. You know, we were um Jane the Virgin, I think sort of put people on notice that the CW was going to do different types of things yeah. and we were in that mold. Um and it's just, you know, it's one of those crazy happenstance things that I saw because of my friend Malcolm Spellman, I started watching Jane the Virgin and I thought, "Oh, this is our spiritual soul sister in some ways. And Gina's performance really reminded me of Rachel. And that's why I suggested that we send it there, even though we had only been going to cable places. Yeah. Um, so we have been part of sort of CW's effort to show that they do innovative programming, that they support their creators. Um, whereas I think if we'd been on another network, we would have been more under their umbrella. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So that has been sort of an interesting experience for us because I think, um, our identity comes from us and not from what umbrella we're under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your own brand. Yes, yes. Well, so so talking about pilots. Yes. And and you obviously you you and Rachel famously mapped out the show. You sort yes. of had an idea for where right. it was going for the most part. Yes. But there are things that happen along the way that for change sure. things. And I'm thinking about you know Breaking Bad. They were kind of playing as they go, and it ultimately kind of fit. Uh uh-huh. But but that could have gone off the rails really quickly had right. it not been geniuses at right. the helm of that. Right. And the Americans, I think they also kind of had it mapped out, but they had to kind of weave and turn as as the series went along. Now now how about for for Crazy X. Like so how- I felt, I don't know the story of Breaking Bad because I haven't researched it, but I always felt very comfortably in their hands. And I felt like even if they hadn't had the smaller things worked out, they had the large trajectory, which was, you know, a good man becoming a bad man. Um, I felt like they had that arced out. Yeah. And so our show, I always, now part of it was because I had, you know, traditionally, traditionally, I had made my career writing movies. And so... I would never write anything if I didn't know the ending. And so that's how I approached it the first time Rachel and I started talking about the show was where are we going ultimately? Um, Because that's super important to me as a storyteller. I just wouldn't. And Rachel is very, very down for long-term story planning. So our first few meetings, we talked about beginning, middle, and end always. And then it seemed to fall into these four chapters. And it really, we've always thought about it as like, you know, prisms because being a crazy ex-girlfriend has a progression, right? Where you're like, oh, I just happen to be at your Starbucks. And then it's like, oh, we slept together. You love me. And then it's like, I'm in your basement. And then it's, you know, so it it seemed like it, it was something that led itself to a progression. So we always had it mapped out in story terms because otherwise we would not have been able to figure out where to go. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, there were a lot, tons of, obviously, tons of decisions along the way that were made up as we went along. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so so the, the episode that you picked as your yeah. favorite of the series, which, again, they're all your babies, right? So yes. it's kind of tough to figure out. But I thought it was an interesting one to yes. choose. 304. So Josh's ex-girlfriend is crazy, yes. which is a darker episode. Yes. It's got uh, sort of these horror elements yes. to it. But it gets, I mean, early on in that episode, really dark where she basically just like yeah. throws a torch on all of her relationships. Yeah. So so why why'd you pick this one? So that was the one that was actually an easy one for me to pick a favorite because that was sort of the episode that we always looked forward to writing the mm-hmm. whole time was really the what you think of when you hear the title is someone acting that way. And I think that we had laid the groundwork over the previous 
18 plus 3 plus 4 episode, you know, that you knew who she was, why, how she had gotten to that place, why she had felt pushed to that extreme. Um, I think most people feel like they've been in a comparable situation at some point in their life. And so I know it's dark. I will say that, like, in the mix, Rachel and I laughed harder at that episode than we have at anything else. Like when you do the threatening shot of her in the window and then she's like, does the thumbs up. Um, we, I think because our show lives in sort of the, the, uh, contradictions in tone where tone rubs up against each other, the darkness and the silliness of it really appealed to us. So what was interesting was I had always felt like we needed a different type of director for that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and so once we knew what it was, I um I was looking for someone who who worked uh, who would understand that vernacular really in in and out. Um so that episode is directed by Joseph Kahn, who doesn't normally direct much ep- I, f- I think he's maybe done one episode episode. Um he generally does music videos. He's sort of the most maybe the most prominent music video director. Um and he does movies that he self-finances and he's got a very individual point of view. And so I met with him and said, you know, we're going for a very specific tone here. And he just really drilled down into the details of how to shoot that so specifically that we usually do a lot of coverage on our show or good amount of coverage so that we have options in the editing room. And that's not really how you, that's not how Joseph shoots. He really is like got his shots really mapped out. So for instance, there's a shot where you reveal Josh Groban and he emerge. It's not even a rack. He emerges out of focus into focus. Um, and I remember being on set and saying to Joseph, how else are we covering that? And he was like, Oh no, I'm not covering it any other way. And so it was a very risky, um, for us. Um, but he was able to give us sort of the scale and the scope of like, that Josh Groban song. And then also the, you know, there's some shots like where Josh is in bed and we go up and over and under his bed. Um, so we knew it needed to be stylish and we had been looking forward to writing it literally since we started. So we wrote it in my house over a weekend. Rachel and I wrote the first draft like very, very quickly. And it changed very little um, in the rewrite process because we had been thinking about it and talking about it for a long time. I also think that opening scene where she turns on everybody, which was very difficult to shoot so many people in there. Um, to me, that's the best acting Rachel does on the show because Mm -hmm. she's really nasty. And then you see on her face that it's, it's a double edged knife that it's cutting her as much as it's cutting them. Yeah. And I think that's very, there's a very high degree of difficulty, especially when she's being nasty to Paula. Mm -hmm. Um, you see how much that hurts her. Yeah. So I I love her performance and she in that swings from desperation to um sadness to um you know and then she went at the edge of the when he almost kills her she is sort of snapped out of her dream really for the first the whole ser- to me the whole series pivots on that scene because the dream of that goes away and it for both of them. Yes. Um and you know, uh, we wanted to shoot that like at the at the top of a high mountain or something, but we we that that episode was very expensive and logistically difficult. I was going to say that that is a turning point yes. uh, in a series with a lot of turning points. Yes, uh, a big turning point for the series. Yes, and, and uh, it's uh, you know, obviously uh, every episode. Uh, I, I think 
there were two more after that, but after that, Josh is no longer a, a episodic title anymore. So, so yes, the, the- yes, and we tend to eat story on our show. I mean, there's some stories that really like some TV shows where like very little happens, and then they do it. You know, like that is they are miniatures where not that much happens, and that's the beauty of the show. Or they'll advance in like one or two episodes in a season we tend to really crunch story a lot like we will go to the thing you didn't think we were going to go to like episode nine of the first season people figure out why she's there Mm -hmm. and um that comes out that she lied to get that job and um there was a bit of an uproar when we wanted to do it and um just sort of internally that you know people were really worried about exploding that but we have always found there's more because there's so much evolution in the character um, we've always sort of embraced advancing the story really rapidly. It's something that Rachel and I both like to, like, we're often saying, like, let's just do it. <laughs> well, before you go, because yeah. I know you got to make the rounds, but, uh, you know, the the Greg announcement, yeah. uh, in some ways, it's funny. I was sitting there at the panel today yeah. thinking, like, this kind of relates to the Americans and what we're talking about identity yes. and, and changing actors. And, and, you know, you were talking about wigs on the Americans yes. and, and <laughs> some ways in bringing in a new actor to play an old character returning. And, and your explanation for that is, is, is sort of interesting, too, how we perceive people differently right. and how they perceive themselves. Well, I mean, a, a lot of it is based in, you know, when you see an ex you haven't seen for a couple of years, they seem completely different to you. Mm-hmm. They seem like different people. Um, I think that's also one of the great joys of the Facebook age is sort of catching up with people that you haven't seen in a long time and being like, wow. Um, And because it is a first-person show, once we started talking about that, it seemed really interesting to explore her perception of him, his perception of her, other people's perception of other characters on the show. And so, yeah, as you said, tonally, um, we've done things like that. We did a couple things where we saw how Nathaniel saw Josh. um, But we're really embracing sort of the first personness and she lives in reality in this season in a way she never has before. And I will say that that has led to sort of a lightness in the writer's room because she was so delusional in the second season. Well, she was so delusional in the first season and then she was so aggressively delusional in the second season. And then in the third season, she was in so much pain Mm -hmm. um, that there was always that underlying it. So now she understands what story she's in, she's in a redemption story. And she knows that for the first time. So everything seems different to her. And we had been talking about how to do an episode that showed that everything was different to her. And the Greg, um, you know, reimagining Greg seemed like a great way to do it because his character was an important part of the beginning of the show. What do you you think of the reaction so far? Uh, I don't really know the reaction (laughs) so far because I haven't been on the Twitter box. But I will say that um, the people who watch our show... Uh, seems to be in in first round on CW is about a group of about five hundred thousand to six hundred fifty thousand people. They're incredibly smart, and um, they've given us enormous leeway. And yeah, they really tend to understand what we're doing and why. Um, and so it's a little hard not to be able to show them for a while because it doesn't happen until a little bit later in the season. Uh-huh. Um, but we trust them and I hope they trust us. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I know it was, uh, your last TCA tour. Yeah. There's going to be some of these lasts coming up. Yes. I, lot that's going to start to get a little, uh, I mean, I didn't even know what these things were when I started. Cause I <laughs> no, really, I hadn't done television since I was in my late twenties. Um, I did a few pilots in my twenties and then I hadn't worked in tech TV in like almost 15 years. So all of these have they have been firsts, you know, yeah. first TCA, um, you know, 
everything, you know. So it's been wonderful to feel like, you know, an old hand. I, I'm not connected to the sadness yet. Yeah. I was today, I have to say, when I was talking to the press because the flood of, and, and it's sort of tempting to say the good reviews, but it wasn't really so much the good reviews as like the reviews that made us feel seen and understood, like the extent to which the show was understood by television writers was really a profound experience. And I meant what I said, which is, you know, there's a golden age of television programming, programming, but there is a golden age of television writing. And I think we will look back on this and think, you know, what a wonderful confluence of creators, but also a press covering these shows because the press on our show has been incredible. I mean, some of the recaps are just like, they're fantastic. They're just fantastic yeah. pieces of writing. So, well, congratulations. Thank you. And best of luck with the final season. Thank you. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Thank you. That's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.